Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. All right. Hace unas semanas comenzamos una feria llamada Tóxico. A few weeks ago, we started a series called Toxic. And we learned in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, it says, do not be deceived, which means don't be fooled. Don't fool yourselves. Evil company corrupts good habits. Bad company corrupts good manners. It says it no matter what translation you are reading from, no importa que traducción uh, está leyendo, fellowship with the wrong people can be devastating to your Christian character. La comunión con las personas equivocadas puede ser devastadora para su carácter cristiano. There are two types of people the Bible warns us not to fellowship with. Los incredulos, non-believers, and el disobediente, the disobedient. The problem that we learned, we learned a couple weeks ago, is sometimes we find ourselves hanging around the wrong people because we're thirsty. Thirsty. In today's vernacular of young people, they use the word thirsty for being desperate. It's funny that hunger and thirst will cause you to eat things you don't normally eat. You guys ever been on a diet? You know the certain foods you're supposed to eat. But you get hungry and you start craving because you're only supposed to eat so much a day. But because you're hungry, you will eat something that you're not supposed to normally eat. What we learned a couple weeks ago is that even people that have a devout lifestyle of eating certain foods, such as vegans. All right? I'm telling you right now, you vegans in here don't have beef with me. <laughs> Catch my woe. I watched this show called Naked and Afraid. You guys remember that? They drop people off naked on a desert island. And they, you know, in the front, they're interviewing people at the beginning. They're like, yes, I think I'm going to do fine. You know, I'm going to be okay. Um, I, I don't eat animals. I don't have, harm any creatures. Uh, and, and I'll be fine eating plants and foods. So they'd be good. They, they're convinced. They just ate lunch, though. They had a nice salad. They're good. You give them about four days. Hunger will start giving you an appetite for things you don't normally eat. Because after about four or five days of being out in the hot, sand, uh, hot sun, being exposed, being bit by all kinds of uh, insects, all of a sudden, that frog don't look too bad. <laughs> it's the same for some of us. Some of us get so thirsty and hungry for companionship that we find ourselves in relationships, we find ourselves in business deals, with people we have no business with. 
but because we're desperate, thirsty, hungry. You know what's funny that the Bible says, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled, which tells me whatever you're hungry for, you're going to be filled with. <laughs> El diablo siempre se muestra cuando estás hambroso. It's funny how the enemy likes to show up when you're hungry. El diablo, la serpiente, se acercó a Eva y la hablo cuando tiene, ti, ti, tenía, gracias, hambre. The serpent approached Eve and begins to speak to her when she was hungry. You guys know the original sin? She was hungry. The devil showed up. It's one thing we don't think about. It's not written, but do you realize God told her from any tree in the Garden of Eden, you may eat thereof except one. But it's funny, when we get hungry, when we get thirsty, we're not going to look at what we do have. We're going to look at what we can't have. When you're on a diet, you can eat. You just can't eat the cake. But you start thinking about the cake. And then here comes the devil, shows up to eat. You can, surely you won't die if you eat that. You're not going to gain weight if you just eat one piece of cake. You know, the devil approached Jesus the same way. The Bible states that after Jesus fasted for 40 days, the Bible says afterward he was hungry. He was hungry. Who shows up? Same way he showed up with Eve. The devil shows up and tries to tempt him with the word. He said, if you are the, are the son of man, why don't you turn these stones into bread and eat? Jesus looks at him and says, listen, man wasn't made to live off bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's funny that the devil would tempt the word with the word because Jesus is the word. He did the same thing to Eve. He did it to Jesus. And I really believe that the reason why Eve was fooled is because Eve heard the word of God by secondhand knowledge. Adam told her what God said. We learned that she had the same access to God that Adam had. And instead of asking God herself, hey, did you say I can eat of all these trees but this? Her knowledge was secondhand. That's why some of us in here are always led astray. Because you depend upon me to tell you the word of God and don't go home and ask God for yourself. So therefore, when somebody comes and twists it, so when a Hebrew Israelite comes to you and begins to speak to you about the word, because he knows more word than you do, when the Jehovah Witness come knocking at your door and they start telling you what the word of God says, because you only heard from the pastor and you don't know for yourself, you are going to be pulled and led astray. Eve sat and listened to the devil when she should have shut him down. Bad company corrupts good character. Eve allowed that bad company to corrupt her godly character. Because Eve kept company with the wrong person, it led her to disobey God. We learned that Eve was perfect in every way. Eve was perfect in every way but she still kept bad company 
and it corrupted her perfect character. Her being perfect and you being imperfect, what makes you think the same thing won't happen to you? Come on, y'all. Oh, it's okay. (sighs) Listen, we learned that we are not to fellowship with non-believers. Fellowship, la communion, communion is deeper than friendship. Es mucho más profunda que la amistad. It's deeper. Cuando la Santa Biblia dice comparismo, when the Bible refers to fellowship, it means to have intense communion. Communion profunda, intensa y, y, y intima. Very intense, intimate uh, um, fellowship with the person. Si debemos uh, ser amigos de los incrédulos. We are supposed to have friends that are non-believers. We're just not to fellowship with non-believers. But if you're a friend, pero un amigo verdadero, de rigue su amigo a las justica. Be friend enough to lead your friends to righteousness. We are not to have fellowship with non-believers. Aquí es donde estoy a punto de meterme en problemas con todos ustedes. This is where I'm about to get in trouble with all y'all. Incluso si los miembros de tu familia no son creyentes o son desobedientes, no debes tener comunión con ellos. Even if the members of your family are not believers or they're disobedient, you should not have fellowship with them. Difficult. What do you mean? When I read the Bible, it's what I do. You guys should also. It doesn't make any significant difference. It says, bad company corrupts good manners. It says, you should not have fellowship with non-believers except for that of your blood family. It doesn't say that. It says non-believers. So with non-believers, that means everybody and anybody that falls under that category. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm asking you to believe the word of God. I'm not interpreting it wrong. It's specific. Watch this, you guys. Let me tell you that this is in the Bible. I'm not saying it, so you don't have to believe me. Just believe the word of God. Luke chapter 12, 51 through 53. It reads this. Do you suppose, this is Jesus talking. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? Hmm. I tell you, not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, Mother mother-in-law, he even went to the in-laws, which in most cases they're already divided. Anyway, Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So what is this telling me? 
Jesus said, think not that I came to bring you together. I came and I'm going to do some division. Why? Because some of y'all are going to believe on me and some of y'all ain't. And it's going to cause a division amongst your blood family. Now, before y'all are cutting me off in your mind and ain't listening to what I'm saying, and you're going, ah, that can't be right. You know, you're getting that all wrong. Listen very carefully. We learned something last week, and I'll just fill you in. There's a difference between friendship and fellowship. Difference between friendship and fellowship, and that is influence. Fellowship is an atmosphere where two or more people thrive. So this is called the building Christian We come here, we give each other, we supply to each other the things that we need to grow in Christ, to become more rooted and grounded in the things of God. That's fellowship with the saints. Friendship, if you're somebody's friend, that means you are leading a person out of a harmful atmosphere. Friends aren't ride or dies. Friends aren't, I'm going to fight if you fight. Friends like, okay, look, if you're wrong, I'm going to be right with you until later, and we'll talk about it later. That's not a friend. Friends will keep you from doing the wrong thing. A friend will tell you when you're going the wrong direction. You could be a friend to somebody and not even know them. If somebody's walking on in the middle of a freeway and you see cars coming, would you not holler at them and tell them to get out the way? Well, you're a friend because you're keeping them from danger. Amen. But if you don't tell your buddy, your friend, that they're going to hell if they don't believe in Jesus Christ, what kind of friend are you? Listen, saints, the reason why God doesn't want you to fellowship with non-believers because there are certain atmospheres you're just not going to change. I don't care how super holy you are. I know that for a fact because, you know, the Bible says, look, when you come and you go to somebody's house and, and you, you bring the word of God and they don't receive it, the Bible says, shake the dust off your feet and bounce. He didn't say stay, pray, fast, fellowship with them and, and bring the spirit of God. No, if they don't receive it, go, because if you stay, their bad company is going to corrupt your Christian character. There's atmospheres you're not going to change. Say to God, have you ever been in a place where people are smoking? You ain't smoked nothing. You ain't smoked a cigarette. You ain't done anything. But you come out smelling like smoke. Why? Because you were in that atmosphere. Just because you're a non-smoker and you go in a place where people are smoking because you're a non-smoker. I'm going to change the atmosphere and the smoke is going to dissipate by the miracle of God. No! You're going to come out tainted. With the residue. You know, I don't want to be too long, but I have to say, you know, sometimes we get to a point like, you know, we, just to be polite, we sit and listen to salespeople, to Jehovah Witness, to the Mormons, to the Hebrew Israelite, and we sit down and we listen to them, and we don't realize that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. They know this. And because we're listening to this, Faith cometh by it, but so does fear. And if we entertain it, it corrupts our Christian character. No, thank you. I'm saved. I know Jesus. Can I leave? No, you can't leave nothing with me. 
You don't have nothing I want. Salespeople come to your door, you're trying to be polite. Well, they're just trying to say, I'll listen to them. No! They know if they can get your ear, they're going to get you interested. Jesus was presented with the same issue. Listen, y'all, while he was about his father's business, some people came to tell him that his mother and brothers, his family, were standing outside. Jesus answered them clearly. Let's look, Matthew chapter 12, 46 through 50. While he was still talking to the multitudes, you know what that means? Jesus was was doing his business. He He was ministering. Behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, one of the guys is hanging out, hey, Jesus, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. Now, let me stop there because this is what most of y'all think. Now, we didn't think of mother, brother, sister, we didn't even family. You come see somebody, you want them to stop doing what they're doing to come and talk to you because you have something super important to say, right? Okay, I'll, I'll, talk, to, I'll, I'll talk to you. You have something super important to say. Yes. Jesus, Jesus did something different that just blew everybody's mind. It says this, 48. But he answered and said to the one that told him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hands toward his disciples. And he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my mother. Woo! So with my less than brilliant mind... I can take from this and I can deduct that whoever does the will of the father is my brother and my sister. I can deduct from that that whoever doesn't do the will of my father isn't my brother or my sister. We just added a whole nother dichotomy in this whole issue of believing. My non-believing blood family isn't my family. Listen, we're all children of God. This is a huge thing that people do. People argue over this and what they don't realize because people only go shallow. Once again, they, they get their words secondhand. Listen, we are all God's children. Those that are saved and not saved, all God's children. What do I mean by that? Because of creation. We are all God's children in creation. He created all of us. But we're not all God's children in redemption. There's a difference. See, my father had a daughter that he didn't know about. She was still his daughter because of creation. But she wasn't his daughter in relationship because he didn't know her. Sounds like a scripture. Depart from me for I didn't know you. She didn't know him. But there came a day that they met, and not only was she a daughter in creation, she was a daughter in relationship because they met and knew each other and built and formed a relationship. Now, I I have to say this, you guys. Listen, I'm not sitting here telling you to forget about your family because, first of all, how many people believe family first? Amen. I mean, it's okay. I'm not going to sit here and point at you and tell you, you're wrong, you're going to hell. No, it's family first. I'm about my family. Butchers, we roll. (laughs) Without a doubt, it's family first. But the problem is discerning who your family is. 
Jesus said, they that do the will of my father is my family. Look, I'm not denying my blood family, but Jesus himself made it clear that they that do the will of my father is my family. Anyone else will corrupt my good character. And when your good character is corrupt, you will not complete the will of the father. You're not going to walk out your plan and purpose for God with a corrupt character. Toxic people. Toxic. Who is my family? Let's say to God, you guys, let me just, let me just say something to you. You know, your family's going to invite you to places. You know the family reunions. Did you know your family reunions ain't a saved family reunion? Birthday parties, anniversaries, they ain't going to invite you. But you're supposed to show up and be a Christian. You guys hear me? Now, now I'm, gonna, I'm about to abolish some of this stuff, lies that you've been lying to yourself about. Well, I don't want to go and make people feel uncomfortable with my Christianity. So, you know, the Bible says that uh, I'm going to become all things that I may win a few. No, you're ashamed of your Christianity. That's what that really is. You know, the Bible says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. If you ain't shining your light, what are you doing? Saints of God, when you get invited to Rome, don't do as the Romans do. Do as the Christians did. Get talked about, rejected, persecuted, and left out. But that's my family. Let me tell you what happened to the... See, we we don't realize what happened. You know, everybody said, when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. See, the Christians in Rome didn't act like Romans, and because they didn't act like Romans, they stood out. And because they stood out, they were taken, tortured, sawed in half, burnt. You know what a Roman candle is? Roman candle isn't the thing that you light and go, boom, boom. They call it a Roman candle. The true definition of a Roman candle is they would take Christians, douse them in oil, hang them in the streets in Rome, and catch them on fire to light the streets. While alive. They did that for their God. And because they did that, eventually, it took some time, they won Rome over for Christ. Matthew 5.11 says, Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. So you're blessed if your family's looking at you crazy. What you mean? I need to know Jesus. I know Jesus. We talk all the time. No. Yeah, that's the other thing, man. I, you know, me and the man upstairs, I got him right here in my heart. He knows my heart. You know, yeah, I know he knows your heart. That's why he died. Because he said that your heart, the heart is desperately wicked. And without him, well, you know, because I acknowledge Christ. Many people acknowledge Christ because the word of God says they, they serve me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Come on, guys. You can't serve God without serving his people. You can't say, I love the head, but hate the body. Mm. Saints, listen very closely. If you tweet stuff and you want to do this, tweet it, but send it and tag yourself. If your righteousness doesn't make non-believers uncomfortable around you, you need to check your light. 
if you don't make people that are not saved or people that are disobedient in the Lord, if your presence doesn't make them uncomfortable, then you need to check your light. What do I mean that? The Bible says that Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Matter of fact, he said, you're the light of the world. And the light can't be hidden. Matthew 5, watch this. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Watch this. You guys are looking at me. You cannot turn your light off and on. Matthew 5, 14 and 16 says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot. Somebody say cannot. Cannot, cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. That means it's impossible to cover the light. This means if you are full of the light, it is impossible for you to hide it. That when you walk into darkness as light, the darkness is not going to understand it. You're going to walk in a dark place. As a Christian, people should look at you and know that you have light in you and it should make them feel uncomfortable. You can't go into a place and go, I'm just going to turn my light down. I got a dimmer switch on my Jesus light. Because, you know, too much light will blind you. Don't want to blind nobody. You know, Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. Too much light going to blind them. Let's read verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and gives it light to all who are in the house. So if you got your light on, it's going to bring light to everybody at at the picnic. They're going to bring light at the birthday party, at the family reunion. You're going to be the light that walks in that makes everybody feel uncomfortable. Then he goes on and says, let that light so shine before men that they may see your good works, which will glorify your father in heaven. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You guys, you guys know. Yeah, let it shine. Listen, saints of God, I'm going to tell you something. And she's in here right now, so I'm going to tell you. Before I gave my life to Christ, I had a knowledge of God, but I didn't know God. But there was one person that would always show up to the family gatherings that made me feel uncomfortable. That's my sister, Jackie. Every time she'd show up, she would not hesitate. Matter of fact, I really believe that when she showed up to a place, and especially with her little brother, she came in, she loved me so much. She wanted to be a friend to me because we couldn't fellowship, but she wanted to be a friend, and she was going to come in and tell me about my sin. I think she turned her light up when she walked in. She, I would, I'm, this is not a lie. There are times I was so uncomfortable, I'd look out my mom's front window, see Jackie and, and her husband pull up, and they start walking up. I would go out the back door. But she would see me, and it, I'm telling you, I, I even get feelings now when I think about it, how uncomfortable I was. Because she would walk in, and God would discern, because my sister, she's an intercessor, and she would see things. She's and she just starts speaking in tongues, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and she'd come in tears and crying because she, she's a weeper. She weeps a lot. And she'd come, and she would lay hands and begin to start praying on me like, oh, my gosh. And ruined the party. I was high. Then tore my high up. Now, 
feeling all convicted. It's a true story. Y'all think you're asking. should tell you. Listen, yes, you should go to the family reunions. Yes, you should go to the birthday parties, etc. But when you go, you should be there of examples of Christian character. When you act like a Roman in Rome, your family will never want to give up their Roman citizenship. What you mean? It is a citizen in Rome. Listen, saints of God, you are not African-American. You are not black American. You're not Mexican-American. You are Christian. Christian. We fight so much over titles and what we are here and everything else, but you have a citizenship that's in heaven. You don't need no papers. You don't need no green card. You don't need nothing but to know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, which will make you a citizen of heaven. Remember, the goal of our friendship is to change people's citizenship. Philippians 3 and 20, for our, us Christians, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, saints, you keep your Christian character up. And some of y'all, going, some of y'all know this. Eventually, your family's going to stop wanting to hang around you. They're going to stop inviting you to the parties. You know why? Because they don't understand. You're full of the light, and they're full of darkness. I'm sorry. Your mom's probably a sweet woman. If she don't know Jesus, she can't be anything better than good. Good people don't go to heaven. Your goodness doesn't get you in heaven. I don't care how many homeless you feed. I don't care how many good deeds you do. You cannot earn your way into heaven. The only way into heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the door. He says, no man goes to the Father but by me. That's through Jesus. And if he tries to go any other way, he is a thief. And no thief shall inherit the kingdom of God. Sorry, Oprah, there's one way. One way. There isn't many different ways to the Lord. I'm going to stand firm on what the Bible says. There's one way. I'm not going to compromise. Just because Oprah's rich and popular, I'm not going to sit around and hang around and listen to her blasphemous talks. She's a good businesswoman. I'm not going to deny that. She's good, but she's going to hell if she doesn't know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I don't care how good Gandhi was a good man, but he's going to go to hell if he didn't repent and give his life to Jesus Christ. Some of y'all looking at me like, that's kind of a hard thing to say, Pastor. It's the truth. That's why Jesus said, I am the truth, the way and the life. People are not full of darkness are not going to understand you. Why? John 1 and 5 says, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. When you're full of light, people that are full of darkness will not understand you. You speak a totally different language. Why I'm sitting up here right now talking about Jesus is the way, he's the only way. Some of y'all in here got trouble with what I'm saying. You know why? Maybe because you got darkness in you. 
Maybe your salvation is based upon your theology and not the Bible. Oh, that's your own interpretation. No, it's not. I'm not standing up here preaching to you because I think I'm better than you. I'm standing up here preaching to you because I want you to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and have a new citizenship in heaven. I'm not better than none of y'all. Matter of fact, my closet's full of bones. I wasn't always a pastor. Y'all got time? Talk to my family. They'll let it all out. And see, because your family doesn't understand you, it's because they don't want to understand you. You're not going to get those invitations anymore to birthdays. You're not going to get invitations to the parties. You're not going to get all that. You know why? Because you changed. Ever since you started going to that church, you don't hang around us anymore. Why don't you come around us, which is really weird, because if you really wanted to hang out with me, if you really miss me, why don't you come where I'm at? Let's think about that. You, you want me to stop doing what I'm doing. Why would you, I'm going to church learning about God. In, in, in a worldly eye, I'm trying to be a better person. Why would you want me to stop being a better person to come just hang out? It doesn't make sense. But you're not going to get invitations anymore. They're going to talk behind your back. They're going to look at you and tell you, I, I, you know what, you're, you're neglecting your family. Well, Dad, who is my family? Watch this, Luke 6, 22. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you. They don't count you. They don't, you don't get the invitations to the birthday parties anymore. And they revile you. They, they like to talk bad about you. Anytime your name comes up, they don't have nothing good to say. And they cast your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Because you're standing for your righteousness. People are not, not everybody's not going to like you. <laughs> They're not going to like you. Some of you are right right now, I ain't liking what I'm saying. And that's okay. Because they didn't like what Jesus was saying. They didn't like what Paul was saying. They stoned him, beat him. But that's okay. As I bring this to a close, I said it earlier, family first. Family first. I believe that our family should come first. In our ministry, we have people that do. We, now, now, this is the whole thing. The Bible commands the pastors of a church to know the state of the flock. And there's times that my wife and I and even some of the other pastors here, we see people, all they do is serve. They don't even sit in service because they're about their father's business. And because they're about their father's business, they're usually wide awake and paying attention to what's going on. That was a hint for the piano. All right, there we go. It's okay, JR, sit down. It's okay. We're laughing, but listen, there's grace here. There's no place I'd rather have that young man be than in the house of the Lord serving. So here goes the funny thing about it, because when I was talking about people that serve so much all the time, and we got to sit them down, they're sitting right there. The Tolberts. Constantly. 
I'm like, Jackie, grab your husband, sit down. You could be epic sitting still. Watch this though. Because of pastors, we're supposed to know the state of the flock to be able to watch and see. Look, you need to spend time with your family. Sit down under the word of God. Listen to the word of God. You know, we, we encourage family members to go do things. Yes, family first. That's what we mean. But generally here in church, those that are in church, their family members are with them. So not only are they blood family, they're also family in, right, in righteousness. So yeah, spend time with your family. But unfortunately, the enemy likes to take the word of God, which is the truth, and turn it into a lie. He takes that and he says, yeah, family first. And it's been a curse to a lot of us. Why? Because when we decide that we want to do something at church, family members will turn around and manipulate that. And they use manipulation on us to keep us from doing the will of God. You're always at church. Church will always be there. Where were you Friday night when I was having my bachelor party? Where were you at? I'm sorry. I was, I was with my wife at the couple circle Havana nights on Friday. I couldn't make it. Well, what about Saturday? You know, man, we went out and it was so-and-so's birthday. I'm sorry, because Saturday I was at the church and I was building the new sanctuary because there's souls that need to be saved. And, and, and I got to get that done ASAP. Man, it's my birthday, though, man. Look, you're going to have more birthdays, God willing. But the, day, the more days I wait, that's more people that are dying without Jesus Christ. I got to be about my father's business. Don't manipulate me and cast spells on me. Because some of us don't realize we're doing that. Manipulation is witchcraft. I thought you loved me. Witchcraft. If you love me, you'll do this. I thank God that my family saved. My blood family saved. I think I was one of the last ones to get saved. But... So I can have fellowship with my family. But there's one thing that my family knows. My mother told me, she did, and this is before I got into ministry, she said, I didn't realize the workload that it takes to run a church until you became a pastor. My father-in-law looked at me. He says, you know what? I don't know how y'all make it without me. <laughs> Praise God for him. Because he watches our kids while we're out having meetings every day. Every day, if we're not meeting people, praying for people, going to the prisons, going to the hospitals, coming to church, meeting people, going out, meeting people, working next door, doing organization, doing all these things. If we weren't about our father's business, then people are going to die without Jesus. I'm sorry. I love my family. But who is my family? They that do the will of God. I want to look at my family and go, come in on this. If we really want to spend time together, let's get the whole family in the church so we could work together. Win people's lives over for Christ. You guys don't realize, I'm pumped today. I, my, my, Kai and I's whole family's here today. My, all my, my sons and my daughter are here today. My sisters sister's here and, and you guys saw my nieces and now I got extended family and I'm excited about it because you know what I want to do I want to be able to grab and link arms with my blood family 
and be able to work so that we could be spiritual family and add more to that family spiritually. Saints of God, don't let bad company corrupt your good manners, even if it's your blood relatives. I'm going to leave you with this. Luke chapter 2, Joseph and Mary. You guys know Joseph and Mary. Son, I love you. Sorry, I love you. I know you got to go. Joseph and Mary, they're the earthly parents of Jesus. You would think they're the best picture of parents, right? Think again. Joseph and Mary were on their way back from Nazareth, from Jerusalem. It took them a day, a whole day to notice Jesus wasn't with them. Jesus is 12 years old. Now, mind you, my 25-year-old son, if I don't hear him for three hours, I'm blowing his phone up. Let alone my 12-year-old son. Ten minutes I don't see him, I'm running to find out where he's at. Here we go. Good job, Joseph. A whole day. You left Jerusalem, headed back to Nazareth, and after a day of walking, you realize your son ain't with you. Good job. Major fail. I'm not even going to put that on Mary. Joseph is the head of the family. The original godfather. Right? Oh, snap. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Mary, where Jesus at? I don't know. You leading this. I think we left him in Jerusalem. So they go back to Jerusalem. Mind you, they walked a day. So it's going to take a day to get back to Jerusalem. Now they're back in Jerusalem. Now, I'm, I'm, has anybody ever lost a child for 30 seconds? You know the frantic feeling you get when you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Milk cartons, go home, niggas list. All these things just go through your head. What's happening? And that's in 30 seconds. We're talking three days. Where do they run? Finally, after the third day, they run, they go to the temple, which I believe is the last place they, they were, were going to look. They probably looked everywhere. Last place they looked was the temple. It's always the last place. Why is it the last place? Can't find your wallet. It's in the last place you're going to look. Jesus! Don't you know we were looking for you? I really think Joseph wanted to run up on him and be like, pop, 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 pop. That's what was in his mind, but he ran up and was like, oh, you're God. Don't want don't to make you mad, God. <laughs> Jesus, don't you know we were looking for him? We picked this up in verse, in, in verse 49. So we were looking for you, Jesus, and he, and he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Here goes the part. Everybody loves that part. Let's read the, the next verse. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Just like our families. They don't understand why you're in church all the time about your father's business. They don't understand. Look, Sunday, that's when church is. But you're at church on Sunday. You're at church on Tuesday. You're at church on Thursday. You're about your father's business and the non-believing parents don't understand. Listen, they may have a knowledge of God, but they might not know God. But Mary knew God. She be- it said she didn't understand him, so there's something wrong. 
Well, God used Mary to bring forth Jesus. Yeah, but God also used the donkey to bring forth the word. It's in the Bible. Donkey talk. It's in the Bible. Literally. Anyway. Anyway. Where was that? I was about my father's business. Your family doesn't understand it, but just like Mary and Joseph, they're like, what do you mean you're about your father's business? I don't understand that. When we came to Jerusalem, we did what we were supposed to do. That was the custom of the time. Every year we go to Jerusalem. We did it. We did enough. Now what your family says, Sunday's enough. Jesus said, no, I'm about my father's business every day. Here's the part I like, saints, because Jesus showed his commitment to God. He said, I'm about my father's business, not your business, but about my father's business. Watch what the Bible says. It says, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. So now he's going with them now. After he did his father's business, he took a break. I'm going to go with you and do this. Watch this very closely. You guys know that God made six days to work and one day to rest. That's what it should be. That we take one day to rest. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it. I'm going to be about God's work. You invite me, I'll take a Sabbath day to be with you, but you better believe I'm going to keep it holy. You better keep it holy. Yeah, take that one day off to go to the, to the family reunion. Keep it holy. So Jesus went down with them, and it says that he was subject to them. But watch this. His mother, Mary, kept all these things in her heart. She didn't understand it, but she kept that moment in her heart. She didn't understand it, but she kept it in her heart. You notice it didn't say Joseph kept it in his heart. It said that Mary kept it in his heart. And because she kept that moment, because Jesus showed the good Christian character of being about her father's business, she didn't understand at the time, but because she kept it in her heart, it's the reason why she kept it in her heart is because it ended up keeping her at the foot of the cross. Oh, you don't understand. She didn't understand it then, but she kept it in her heart. And because she kept it in her heart, it kept her at the feet of Jesus, even when he was on the cross. You notice Joseph wasn't there. Was that too deep? She didn't understand, but because her witness, the witness that Jesus gave her, she didn't understand at the moment, but at that time when she really needed it, she stayed at the feet of Jesus. Everybody else skirted out. But she stayed there at his feet. Your family's watching you. They're going to persecute you. Why wasn't you at the party? Why wasn't you here? Because I was about my father's business. I don't understand that. But you know what? You're faithful to that church. You're faithful. Being faithful to the church means you're faithful to God. It's the body of Christ. If it's his body, you can't be faithful to God without being faithful to his body. You can't be a detached body member and and grow and live. Jesus knew it. That's why he said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? The ones that do the will of my father. That's what God wants from all of us today. No longer trying to hide our light. When we get around our families, we're not going to fellowship with them and let, us, let them influence us. We're not going to go into these atmospheres and be thermo, uh, thermometers. We're going to be thermostats. 
Because if you can't go into a place and change the atmosphere, shake the dust off your feet, even at your family reunion. If you can't let your Christian character be shown, then you need to check your own light. Who is your family? It's they that do the will of the Father. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.